And this morning we'll be talking about sanctification and perseverance. Uh, last week Eric spoke about justification. Um, justification is an instantaneous work of God that happens the moment that we give our lives to Jesus. We repent of our sin and um, instantly we are made just before God, morally righteous in his sight. That happens instantaneously. And um, uh, we are set free from sin, and sin is no longer our master. It says in the first part of Romans 6.14 that sin shall not be your master. And, um, you know, that's the difference between, like, before we come to Jesus... Um, we sin and we kind of don't even think twice about it. You know, it's like you just do it. That's what you do, you know, and have no sense of uh, guilt or or, uh, uh, wrongdoing or anything like that. But after we come to Jesus, um, the rule of sin is broken in our lives. And now when we sin, we have a sense of, conviction or, or a sense of wrongdoing, that is the beginning of the sanctification process. Um, <clears throat> while justification is instantaneous, sanctification is an ongoing, continuous work. And um, it, it just keeps on going until the day that we go to be with the Lord. Sanctification, that's a big word, but basically all it means is to purify. Sanctification means to purify, and it's a progressive work of both God and man, um, whereby we are made more Christ-like and more holy in our daily life it's and, and that's the kind of that's what god's doing now even though that the power of sin like at at that time when we are born again we're justified we're you know made right before god and in, in his sight we are you know just and morally righteous um that doesn't mean that we're never going to sin again and and it doesn't mean that we're sinless. Um, let's take a look at First John chapter one, verse eight. Turn the mic off. Is there a button on there? Which one is it? <laughs> Try talking. Hello. <laughs> Everybody can read that. <laughs> Okay, we'll give him a chance to get that going. But, but you, it says if we claim to be without sin, you know, the truth is not in us. 
Um, so in this life, we will never be sinless. Um, and that's why God gave us 1 John 1, 9, which is the next verse. And now we have, we have power. And you, you can read that, my darling. Okay, so we got half of that. <laughs> it was blinking on and off. That's okay. Yeah, see. And there's that word purify, which, simp- which again means to sanctify us. So um, this is an awesome, amazing promise from God. To confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. I can't even count how many times I've prayed that prayer. Lord, please forgive me for my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I prayed that prayer this morning. I pray that prayer probably every day, maybe even a few times a day. It's an awesome thing. And repentance and confession is a continuous part of our Christian life. And it's an essential part of the sanctification process. So it's not a a one-time thing where you repent and confess your sin, you're born again, and that's it. This is an ongoing thing that we have to do on a regular basis, where we have to confess and ask God to forgive us. Um, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians three sixteen through 19. So we are being transformed continually from one degree of glory to another. And um, this is the evidence of a genuine conversion experience. Um, if you have been, let's say you say you, you prayed a sinner prayer, a sinner's prayer, and 20 years later, you're still living exactly the same way you did before you prayed that prayer, something's wrong. Amen? Now, I just wanted to share a, you know, a little, I, I just want to share you a little bit about how the Lord, some of the things that the Lord's done in my life from the time I gave my life to Jesus and how he began to, to change and transform me and... Um, one of the, the first things that I can remember was um, I, w- I used to drink and, and, and smoke pot and do drugs and stuff like that. And um, the, one of the first things that the Lord did in my life was that he just delivered me from that. I had gone to a party, and back in, that, back in the day when, you know, 
we used to party like that, we'd all kind of sit in a circle and, and the joints would be going around and the beers would be going around and you just kind of take it, pass it around. Well, it came to me, there's that joint there and I just kind of looked at it and I had this like question mark in my mind and I looked at it and I was like, why, I don't, I don't, and I just passed it on. And then the same thing happened with the beer. When the beer came, I looked at it again, and I just passed it on. It was like I didn't need it anymore. I didn't understand it, but I just didn't need it. And I didn't have another one since. That was like 30 years ago. And, um, you know, so that was like one of the, 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 the first thing that God, that I can remember God doing. Um, another thing uh, was that, I used to hang around in these certain nightclubs, you know, and, and the, the one nightclub I used to hang out in was uh, the, the one that I actually, the woman that gave me a track, which led to my salvation, worked in that nightclub. Well, I, so after I came to know the Lord, I would still go to that nightclub to see this particular woman because she's the one that led, led me to the Lord and, and, um, you know, and she was kind of discipling me. Well, one night I was just standing at the bar, you know, and I'm sitting there, and, it's, and, and the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, you can't come here anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. I never went there again. And there's something about when, when God speaks to you and you know it's him, you got to obey. You just have to. I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, I couldn't not obey. Another time, and this was, this was you know, again, I'm a very young young believer, and I had never really smoked cigarettes before. Um, but then I was doing concrete work at the time. I hurt my back. The doctors told me I couldn't do that kind of work anymore. I had to get a different kind of job. and So I got a job selling um, advertising for uh, a magazine in Houston. And and um, it was a startup magazine, and um, I had never done that kind of thing before. It was like cold call. You go to businesses and try to sell them advertising. And, and the guy that owned the company smoked like crazy. I mean, he smoked probably, I don't know how many packs a day, a lot of cigarettes. And I was nervous about, you know, doing this. So, and somehow I got this crazy idea that smoking was going to help me, you know. <laughs> it was going to calm my nerves or something, you know. So I started smoking cigarettes, and um, I don't know, it was probably a couple months, and I'm a young believer, and, 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 and all of us, and then I had this vivid dream. The Lord came to me in this dream, and he spoke to me a lot in dreams, but I'm going to share some other, another one that he did. But he, he came to me in this dream, and I saw like a father figure in the dream, and um, all of a sudden I heard this booming voice. In the dream, I was smoking a cigarette, and I heard this booming voice, and the voice said, put that cigarette out. And I, I immediately put that thing out and never touched another one after that. It's like the Lord just kind of scared it out of me. But um, those of you that smoke cigarettes, I don't want you to think that, uh, you know, you better quit smoking now. You're not going to go to heaven kind of thing. I remember my pastor down in uh, Texas John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad, back before, you know, Joel Osteen was as famous as he is today. But um, 
He used to talk about smoking. He'd say, uh, he'd say, no, 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 smoking's not going to send you to hell. You don't. He said, it just gets you to heaven a lot faster. And, and he, he said, and besides, you're not, you're not the one that smokes anyway. He said, the cigarette smokes. He said, you're the sucker. <laughs> and then, really, when you think about it, that's true. So I, I, I guess God just didn't want me to be the sucker anymore. So, But, you know, when I look back, you know, I look back in my life and I think about, you know, many times over the years I had to make decisions to either follow God or not. And um, I believe that, you know, all those things, you know, he's doing those things to uh, to purify us, to, to work out, you know, his life in, our, in us, you know. And he works differently in every single individual that comes to him. He knows your past, he knows your present, and he knows your future. He knows what needs to change in your life, and he knows when it needs to change. And it's up to us as believers not to judge one another based on where we are in this sanctification process because we're all at a different place, you know. And, um, but the important thing is that we are obedient to what God is telling us to do or telling us not to do in our lives and that we, you know, o- you know obey him and, and, and do what he's telling us not to do. And today... If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Hear what he's telling you and obey, respond. He, and not only, you know, if he's telling you to do something or telling you to stop doing something, you know, and you may think, I, I can't, you know, I just can't. He's going to help you do whatever it is that he's asking you to do. He's there with you and he's going to help you and he's going to get you through. He's going to give you whatever it is you need to accomplish what he's telling you to do. Um, there's an old saying, kind of goes like this. It says, God loves you just the way you are. How many of you know the rest of it? But he, he loves you too much to keep you that way. He wants to change us. So sanctification is primarily uh, the work of God in our lives, but requires our cooperation with God. So let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So God wants to purify us through and through. And um, that's the destination Spirit, soul, and body to be kept blameless at his coming. That's the destination. That's what we're heading for. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that work in our lives. Um, He's working to develop the fruit of the Spirit in us. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's up to us to present ourselves to God 
and um, yield to the Holy Spirit when he is trying to work out his fruit in our lives. So you guys all help me out here. Just shout out if you know. Just say, like, what's the opposite of love? Hate, indifference. So when you're, you're being tempted to hate or be indifferent, Holy Spirit's trying to work his love in us. It's up to us to yield to him, to allow him to bring love into that situation. How about joy? What's the opposite of joy? Sorrow. And so, you know, when you're, in a, you're feeling sorrowful, you know, allow, yield to the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring in joy. How about peace? What's the opposite of peace? Anxiousness, anxiety, you know, chaos. We, you know, how often do you experience that in your life? And the Holy Spirit wants to work peace into that situation as well. So, and it, and it, and it goes on. We have, you know, what about faithfulness? Unfaithfulness. God, you know, if, if you're being tempted to be unfaithful, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to, you know, you have to yield to what God, Holy Spirit, is doing uh, to work in your life, okay? Um, let's look at Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Wouldn't you love to have the Apostle Paul write to you and say, my dear friend, as you have always obeyed, now much more, continue even in my absence, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but God is working and to fulfill his purpose in your life, and everything that God is trying to do in us is good. It's all good. Remember that. Even when, you know, it's not feeling too good. You know, when it's very difficult, when it's hard. You know, know that God is working some good in your life. Um, one of the things, another thing that happened to me as a young believer, uh, these were pivotal things in my life that really, you know, that, transformed my life and uh this one you know the lord warned me that this was going to happen in a dream he gave me a dream and the lord used to speak to me in dreams a lot as i was when i was younger and i think maybe that's because the only way he could get through you know this this hunk of wood i got up here you know <laughs> but uh he gave me this dream and um in the dream let me just give you some background. I guess I'll give you some background first as to what brought this on. But um, I lived in Buffalo, New York. A young, uh, you know, I, gra I graduated from high school and I had a girlfriend. Very, you know, uh, and we were really, you know, thinking we were going to get married and all that. And she graduated from high school. Well, she moved to Florida to go to college. I moved to Houston, Texas to, to work. And uh, so... We were corresponding back and forth, and, and then, um, I don't know, 
how long, but it was a few months later, uh, I got a, a Dear Bart letter. You know, it wasn't a Dear John, it was, it was, it was addressed to me. And it said, Dear Bart, you know, <laughs> our relationship is over. And uh, that was it, you know. I mean, she, she pretty much said that was it. We're all done. But, uh, and that was devastating. I know, I, I know many of you have been through something like that, I'm sure. Um, anyways, I, you know, I gave my life to the Lord, and I was living for God, and things were going, were going along. And this company, the concrete company that I had to quit working for because it hurt my back, I went back to work for because God healed my back. So I was going, you know, I'm back doing concrete work, and they, they sent me to... Um, well, I'm getting too far ahead of myself, but anyway, I'll tell you the dream. Here, in this dream, I was back in Buffalo, New York, looking out of the front door of my house. There's girls walking by, and um, next thing I know, I'm with this girl up in the back of my house in the treehouse. We have a treehouse back there, and um, there's a treehouse with, like, all this lattice work and hanging plants and and um, we were in the treehouse. Well, when we, we went to embrace, and when we did, the, a snake fell on my arm and bit me in the arm. And that was the end of the dream. And um, it was, you know, I was like, wow. And I had no idea or any clue as to what that meant. You know, I just, it was just a, vi- it was so clear and vivid. I still remember it, like, as today, as if it, and then I remembered it, but then I kind of, you know, life went on, and um, about six months later, the company I was working for sent me to um, Beaumont, Texas, which is about, I don't know, 150, 200 miles away from Houston. He, they sent me there for a couple weeks to um, do some work. And I was in a, one of my coworkers and I were in a, a restaurant, uh, uh, International House of Pancakes, having breakfast, or we're going to have breakfast. We're looking at the menu. And this is probably two and a half years later after the girl sent me the Dear Bart letter. And um, we're sitting there looking at the menu, Beaumont, Texas. And um, this waitress comes out. She looks at me. I look at her. My jaw drops. Her jaw drops. She turns around and runs in the back room. It was the girl that sent me the Dear John letter. She... She was, she, last I heard or knew, she was going to college in Florida. Now I'm in Houston, Texas. Then I go to Beaumont, Texas, this little tiny town in the middle of you know, nowhere, and in this little restaurant for just a couple of weeks, and I meet this girl. You know? And uh, so I was in shock. She was, I was just sitting there, and the guy across me was going, what's the matter? I said, uh, you're not going to believe this, but I just saw this girl. I used to go out, you know, back in Buffalo. and now, man. About 10 minutes, it took her like 10 or 15 minutes before she could actually come back out. She came back out. We talked. Um, turned out she was married. Her husband worked on an oil rig in, in, out, out of Beaumont, Texas. And, um, you know, uh, when, we, you know, she... Yeah, maybe you should come over. We can just, you know, have some, you know, talk and stuff. And and uh, she's and she said, um, I said, yeah, that'd be great. You know, if it's okay for your husband. And she said, well, he's gone for a couple of weeks because he's on the rig for a couple of weeks. And I said, oh. And uh, <laughs> so, numb nut head here. You know, 
I don't, I don't get it. I'm a young man, fairly new Christian, and so we make a date to go out for dinner. And uh, so I pick her up to go to, I don't know if I picked her up, I met her, what, we're in the car, we're going to the restaurant. I pull up to the restaurant, the name of the restaurant is Cody's Treehouse. I, I like, I looked at that, I, we're walking in the front door, I'm looking at Cody's Treehouse, there's all the lattice work, hanging plants, I mean, I, I, immediately I remembered the dream. I'm like, whoa. And I, I was so nervous. <laughs> so I just started telling her about Jesus. I said, I'm tell- I told her all about Jesus. I said, I'm born again now. I'm living for God. I, you know, I don't do these things anymore. I'm you know, just telling her everything I you know, know about God, you know, the whole dinner. And it's going pretty good. You know, actually, she's really interested. And she's like, she's wanting to hear. And yeah, yeah, that's really awesome, you know. And yeah, you know, and then she said, and I think she said she was a Christian too, but I wasn't sure what, you know, what denomination or anything, but anyway, or anything, but, and so then I started telling her, well, have you received the Holy Spirit? And she didn't, no, I hadn't received the Holy, so here I'm thinking everything's going really well, and, um, you know, this, this is progressing better, so maybe it's going to be okay, you know. So thicker than stone, I invite her to my hotel room because I got more literature there about the Holy Spirit that I could tell her about, you know. And she's like, yeah, okay. So she comes over, and there we are in the hotel. And I'm like, and I'm telling her about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, would you like to receive the baptism? And she's like, she's staring at me with these glazed-over eyes. And I'm like, you're not interested in this, are you? And she says, and she puts her hand on my hand, and that moment, it was like the blood just rushed right out of me. And I, I knew this was, you know, finally it sunk in. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, that was the end of that. I said, okay, we got to, this, you know, this, we got to, you know, I said goodbye. We have to go now. You have to go. And I was, sh- and I shook her hand in the parking lot and said goodbye, and that was the end. And but it sapped every ounce of strength that I had, spiritual strength that I had within me after where I realized what kind of danger I was in. But the fact of the matter was that, 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 I, that the Lord delivered me out of the situation. And, um, and he warned me like six months ahead of time, you know. He said, so I'm just saying, pay attention to the signs, when God's, you know, working in your life and he's trying to do something, he warns us. He gives us advance notice oftentimes. It may not be a vision, may not be a dream, but there's something in your heart that says no. There's a, there's a, there's a you know, uh, 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 watch it. Red flags go off, you know. I mean, beware of those signs. Watch out for this. And, and had I given in, who knows where I'd be today. Had I given in in any of those situations, those things were, those were milestones in my life. And after that, it was like, you know, I didn't, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's like I had more opportunities with women after I gave my life to Jesus than I ever had when I was looking for it. You know? And had I given in at that time, I'm sure I would not have been able to resist when the other times came. You know, those are like, those are things where God was 
you know, he's changing our inner man. He's beginning, you know, he's renewing us. And he's given us a whole different perspective on life and how to live. And, and that should be something that's happening in your life. On a, you know, pretty regular basis. I mean, there's ebbs and flows. There's sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. You know, sometimes a lot's happening. I mean, I was a brand new believer. So, I mean, these things were happening. Bang, 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 you know, one after the other. But uh, then, then you may go through a period where nah, not, not too much is happening. But then he begins to work with some of these inner Things, you know, that are more deeply rooted. You know, a lot of that was surface stuff, you know. And, and, um, but he's, on a, he's constantly working in our lives. And this oftentimes requires perseverance. In fact, it always requires perseverance. We have to, pers- we have to continue. We have to, you know, um, not give up when it gets tough. You know, when the going gets tough... Keep on going. Keep on going. Don't stop. Don't give in. Don't, you know, get discouraged. Uh, and, and Grudem speaks about this in, 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 in his chapter there. He talks about a teaching that is called sometimes the, the perseverance of the saints, which states that all true Christians will persevere, and only those who persevere are true Christians. And... Um, in each and every address to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, it says somewhere in that address, to him who overcomes. And then after that, it says, um, there's some blessing that is given, some eternal blessing that is given to him who overcomes. And, you know, it's, part of our life. That's part of the Christian life is to persevere all the way to the end so that we can overcome. Um, What is it that we must overcome? Well, some of the things I just shared and anything and everything that tries to lead us away from God. Anything and everything that tries to deter you from the purpose of God in your life. These are things that we have to overcome. Anything that is in opposition of the word. Anything that denies that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anything that denies the cross of Jesus Christ, we have to overcome. Anything that denies the resurrection. (laughs) I mean, the truth of God's word, you know, there's a whole lot of it out there that is in direct opposition to the truth. There's a lot of stuff out there that is... You know, and it sometimes it sounds, you know, like it could almost be true or relevant, you know. So we have to beware. Beware of those things. Um, so you understand, right? You understand what I'm talking about? We must persevere and we will persevere. Why? Because, number one, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. God started it. He's going to finish it. He's going to see it through. He is, um, he will never leave us or forsake us. He's always going to be with us. If he is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
God's with you, and he's going to help you. He's going to get you through. Um, And he gives us everything we need for life and godliness. So if you think you can't do it, just look to God. The truth of the matter is, you can't do it. But the good news is, in him, he will help you and he'll get you through. Um, Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Eternal life is eternal. You got it? You got it. But what does it mean to believe? You know, Jesus said to us, oh, you you believe, that's great. Even the demons believe and shudder, you know. So to believe means to put your trust in him, put your hope in him, to put your very life in his hands. And when you do that, that's when you're born again. That's, that's the beginning of your brand new life. And that is the way we will make it to the end, by believing in him, by trusting in him, by putting our hope in him and through that, that's, you know, don't try to do it on your own. You won't be able to. When you get to that place and you just, you know, you just think you just can't go any further, look to him. He's there. He's going to, he will see you through. And he will get you to the end. Amen? Amen.